think if you, if you understand the circumstances surrounding this psalm, this is a song written by King David. King David in, in secular historians, and I'm not talking about Bible writers, I'm not talking about religious, religious people, I'm talking about secular historians. Uh, they believe and they write, even in Jewish history, that David was probably the greatest king that Israel ever had. Uh, we know his son Solomon was pretty great, but, but they believe uh, that King David, uh, when, even when they reference the Lord Jesus, uh, the son of David, uh, he will sit on the throne of his father David. And, and David, David was the greatest king that Israel ever had. But you've got to understand something. Every day in David's life wasn't peaches and cream. I went back and, and, and I, I began to study the history. And if you want to do that, I'm not going to do it for sake of time. But if you want to, go to 2 Samuel chapter number 15. And you will find the reasoning in the, in the background to this particular song that's, that David wrote. David, he's an old man by now. He is a grandfather, gray-haired. Uh, gray-haired, older man, late in his days, late in his years. Uh, he is the king, and, and he has had some situations take place that has broken his heart. His son Absalom, his own flesh and blood, who he loved dearly with all of his heart, went crazy on him and, and, and now has tried to take over the kingdom. He has gone in and he's stolen the hearts of the, the, the nation of Israel. He has gone in and lied about his father. He's gone in and done all kind of things to betray his father. David, if you, will, if you will read and study in 2 Samuel 15, you'll find out that David is being run out of Jerusalem. He's escaping with his life. The Bible says that his, as he is leaving Jerusalem, he has a remnant of people with him. And the Bible says that his head is covered, he is weeping, his heart is broken, he is leaving barefoot and in ashes. He is grieving. His heart is breaking over the situation that's going on. Now he's in exile. Now his son, his own flesh and blood, is after him, is after his life, wanting to kill David. Here David is, the sweet psalmist of Israel. David, the man after God's own heart, he is saying, this is a prayer. This is a song, but it's a prayer. He's speaking to God. He's speaking to the Lord that he had fellowship with for years and years. He's speaking to the God who lifted him up out of obscurity and set him on a throne, who took a little shepherd boy and made a king out of him. David is speaking and he's praying to God. And he is praying with aggression, if you will. He says, Lord, Lord, look at my circumstances. Look at my peril, if you will. Look at all those that are increasing, that's rising up against me. The people that are troubling my soul, they are increasing. Lord, do you see? Do you see? There's one thing I'm thankful for in my Christian life and in, 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 in the Word of God. I'm glad that we can be honest with God. I'm glad the Lord knows my frame. He knows what I'm made of. He knows my emotions. He knows my sensitivities. He knows my weaknesses. He knows everything about me. And I don't have to fake it when I come to God. 
when I'm broken and when I'm sad and when I'm hurt and when I'm discouraged and, and, and when I, I'm confused, I can just be straight up with God. He said, Lord, look at my, my circumstances. He is in peril. He is in peril. His life is in danger. He is in the darkest time. Of, can you imagine? Can you imagine a grandfather? Knowing he may never see his grandkids again. Knowing a grandfather whose own son has gone crazy on him. Can you imagine his feelings? He's in peril because of his circumstances. Not just because of his circumstances, but he's in peril because of the critics. If you will see in verse number 2. In verse number 2, you'll find that the Bible says, How are they increased? It says there's no help in God. You see, if you will keep reading in 2 Samuel chapter 16, you'll find out that on the way out of the kingdom, on the way out of Jerusalem, in his grief and in his burden and in his weeping and in his sorrow, there comes a relative out the, the house of Saul, the former king of Israel. And they begin, and he begins to curse David. He begins to curse David and throw stones at David. He begins to tell David, see, you're getting what's coming to you. Now, in all reality, this is what makes this, oh, hallelujah, this is what makes this so good. Really, David is being judged because of his sin with Bathsheba. In other words, in other words, he's really getting what's coming to him. But I'm so glad that even in God's justice, we can still find mercy. And Shimei is throwing rocks and cussing David. And one of David's mighty men says, let me go take his head off. I, man, I love people like that. Say amen. He'll defend the man of God. And David said, no, let him cuss on. Let him cuss on. It may be that this is part of God's will. Just leave him alone. But they were saying, David, you're hopeless now. David, there's no hope for you. David, there's no help for you. God has abandoned you. God is judging you. God has thrown you out. God doesn't love you anymore. And here David is in a weak state. Here David is in a perilous situation. Here David is in the darkest hour of his life. And not only are the circumstances bad, but the critics are mounting up. I'm telling you what, it's bad to be in a bad way, but it's bad when everybody's talking about you. Listen, he's in peril. The most fearful time of his life. The most devastating times of his life. The darkest hour of his life. He said, Lord, look all around me. Look what's happening to me. Then verse 3. But. I'm so glad for the butts in the Bible. It looks bad, but. I know what the critics are saying, but. I know, I know what it looks like. I know it looks bad. I know it looks hopeless. I know it looks helpless. I know it looks like we're going down for the count, but. But thou, O oh Lord, thou, you see, David's focus was not on his circumstances. David's focus was not on his critics. David's focus was not on his situation. David's focus was not on his problems. David's focus was on the hills from which cometh his hell. David said, but thou, O oh Lord, art a shield for me. 
my glory and the lifter up of mine head. You know what he was saying? He said, I don't care what the enemy does. God, you are my shield. The first time we see that is in Abraham. When Abraham conquered the kings and God told Abraham, don't you worry about the enemy. Don't you worry about your surroundings because I am thy shield and thy great reward. I'm here to tell you, listen, when God's through with me, he can take me to glory. But until he's through with me, the devil's gunpowder can't burn. He's my shield. He's my protector. All the world can go. Listen, all the world can come against me, but he is my shield. He will protect me. He will be there for me. He'll be in front of me. He'll be behind me. He'll be on both sides of me. He said he will protect me. He's my protector. Not only that, he's my, you got to get this one now. You, 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 you got to get this one. I'm not going to preach long this morning because I don't have time, but, but you've got to get this. He said, not only are you my protector, Lord, you're my promoter. I know I'm getting thrown out of the kingdom. I know I'm being run off from the throne. I know I'm being chased out. I know I'm being disgraced. But God, it wasn't me that got me here. I was just a little shepherd boy watching sheep one day, and you came and called my name. You came and called me out. You came and anointed me. God, you put me where I am and God, you can bring me back again. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the world does. I don't care what happens in your life. God can set them up and God can set them down. He can bring you out of obscurity and put you in a place that you need to be. Listen, David said, I don't care what they say. God, you put me where you did. It don't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the critics say. It doesn't matter. Listen, uh, the critics said this place would never be here. The critics said that it's too hard to build a church in Colton. The critics said there's no way you can build a 500-seat auditorium. No, the critics said that, but God said, I not only can build it, I can fill it three times. I don't know what's coming against you. I don't know what you're facing, but regardless of your circumstances, you need to look to the Lord. We see his peril. We see, listen, his proclamation. I'm I'm just not going to look at my circumstances. I'm just not going to look at my circumstances. I was, I was, uh, we were, me and Tammy were in Daytona Beach, Florida. Right after, right after I had resigned the church I was at in South Carolina, and uh, and you 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 can believe this or not, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, if you don't, you can be wrong if you want to. That's all right. Uh, when we was coming back, I was pretty discouraged because I felt like I was doing everything God wanted me to do, and everything was going wrong. And I was like, what's the point? God, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And it seems like everything's going wrong. It's me and Tammy and, 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 and the girls. And, and we, had, we had toddlers and one about that big. And, 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 and Brandy was just about that big. And, and we were leaving dad's, dad's uh, we, I preached for my dad that weekend, was headed back. And I had to start a revival that Monday. This was on Sunday afternoon. I was supposed to start a revival up there, and, uh, and, 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 and it was very important for me to start a revival because when, 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 when you're unemployed and broke, any love offering is a blessing. Say amen. 
Well, we get about to Daytona Beach, and we get right there where the overpass is, right there in Daytona Beach. And they all, how many of y'all know they're always doing, they always doing uh, road work on 95? I'm, I'm just, it don't matter. They're doing road work on 95 all the time. So we get right there in Daytona, and, 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 and here we go. Man, come to a screeching halt. Right there where the pond is, where it says, uh, and they got it in flowers, wrote on the side of the overpass, Daytona Beach, Florida. So we hit that. All of a sudden, we had a Ford Taurus, and the, and the car started running hot. Now, when the car starts running hot, it gets hot on the inside in more ways than one. Y'all with me? And, and now the babies are fussing because it's hot. It's in the middle of the – listen, it's hot, hot in Florida. Are y'all with me? And, uh, and uh, I'm not happy. Tammy's not happy. The babies are not happy. Ain't nobody happy. Tammy, you remember this? You wasn't happy, was you? No. <laughs> I get out the car, put the hood up. Tammy's embarrassed. Come on, ladies. Are y'all with me? Rush hour traffic, bumper to bumper, and, and it's not like cars are flying by. They're eating by staring. Tammy's like this right here, and, and I'm daring somebody to say something. Because I'm not pastoring anymore. I can pop somebody if I want to, amen. <laughs> not, I'm just kidding. I'm. Men, do y'all ever get mad when you get frustrated? We're, sit, we're sitting underneath it, and I, I got the hood up. I mean, steam coming out. It's done run hot. And and one of the one of the hoses in the back, the the whatever whatever hose busted in the back. And I'm like, seriously. Seriously, Lord. What's the use? And this guy, man, I don't even know if I need to say this. Uh this guy, has anybody ever seen Cheech and Chong? I'm sorry, it's the only illustration I can find, I can think of. Alright. He gets out of his vehicle. Him and a homeless guy. Seriously, I'm not exaggerating this. You ask him, she can back up the whole story. So Cheech gets out of his car <laughs> and the homeless guy with him. And he comes over, and he, and, he, and he talks spiritual. That made me even madder. <laughs> Brother, what seems to be the problem? I'm like, the steam ain't giving it away? I mean, <laughs> I'm running cold. I don't know. I don't know what it is, you know. I'm so, I, I shouldn't have been like that, but I was frustrated. It was just one of them deals. And he says, he says, I'll never forget this. He says, just drive it to my home. I'm thinking, you fool, I ain't even got no water in the radiator. How am I going to drive it anywhere? He said, there's a pond right there. God is my witness. I go in my truck. I go in my car. <laughs> this is another situation that didn't make Tammy happy. I took a little cooler that we had because it was all I had. 
had ice in it and the baby's formula. I dump it out on the side of the street there, and uh, now she's really not happy. And I go to the pond, and I get water, and I put water in it, and he says, follow me. No, 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 I, I missed something. I missed something. This is the whole point. This is the whole point. I said, man, I got a, a busted hose back there. This ain't going nowhere. He says, I'm not going to believe that. I said, well, you can believe what you want to believe. It's busted. Amen. <laughs> I'm not believing that. Is that not what he said? I'm not believing that. In other words, he's going to believe God to get me to his house. I wasn't believing it. I poured the water in, got in my car, crank it up, and it stayed down. And I don't even know, I can't even to this day, I don't even know how we got out of traffic and off the interstate to get to his house. I'm following him, Cheech and the homeless guy. And we pull into this subdivision of million-dollar houses. Pull up in the driveway. Now I'm there. Tammy's there. Now imagine what Tammy's thinking. But I didn't. I, didn't, I couldn't fix it. I didn't have nothing to fix it with. Pop the hood again. Cheech and the homeless guy staring at it. The homeless guy just happened to be a mechanic. He... He t- I'm not exaggerating none of this. He says, we need this particular hose, and this is what the guy does. He takes me, Tammy, and the girls inside of his air-conditioned million-dollar house and says, sit right here, sit right here, and me, and, and, and he said the guy's name, but he said, we will go get the part. I didn't have no money, no money whatsoever. I'm, I'm broke. And I'm like, all right, you've left me in your million-dollar house, a total stranger. You're going. He says, my wife will be home in a little while. I'm saying, your wife's going to come home. I'm sitting in your million-dollar house. And I'm like, if she's anything like my wife, this is not good. So he goes out into the garage. Now I'm thinking about this. I said, man, I need to talk to him about this. I walk out into the garage, and about that time, his wife comes up. Beautiful lady. She gets out of her car. I said, it's, it's done now. It's over. He's had it. I stand there. She tell, he tells her the whole story, and this is what she says. Well, God bless. I'm like, who are you people? <laughs> we are total strangers. They go and buy pizza, bring it to feed to us and the kids. Cheech and the homeless guy go gets the part, comes back and fixes it. And then gives us all the rest of the pizza and says, be careful on your journey. Paid for everything. That is zero exaggeration. I didn't make any of that up. He told me how he had gotten saved in prison. He had gotten saved in prison. And he said, I just want to be a blessing to people. He had picked the homeless guy up that afternoon because he needed something to eat. 
who just happened to be a mechanic. And on the way to get something to eat, they passed by a broke down, broke, mad, angry, hot preacher on the side of the road. What are you saying? I think God wanted to show me, regardless of my circumstances, he's got people everywhere. And he can meet my need on the side of the road. He can meet my need in the middle of the woods. He can meet my need wherever it is. You see, David knew all of that. That's why he said, I don't care what my circumstances look like. Thou, oh Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the lifter of mine head. Now, I wished I would have been more spiritual at that moment than I was. But God taught me a lesson. You see, we saw his peril. We saw his proclamation. He said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. And I said all that to say this. She said, I'm not going to believe for that. All I could see was a busted hose and a a, a running hot car. And and she said, I'm not going to believe that. That's amazing. David said, I don't care what my circumstances look like. Thou, O Lord. But then we see his prayer. He said, let me tell you all something. I prayed. I cried unto the Lord. Now that word cried, that word cried don't mean, now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. It don't mean God is good, God is great. Let us thank him for this food. By his hands we all are fed. Are y'all with me? That's not what it means. I looked up that word cry, and it means literally to accost someone. So I looked up the word accost. The word accost means to approach aggressively. Are y'all with me? He went aggressively to God and said, God, I need your attention. He cried out to the Lord in his dark hour. And this is the cool part. He heard him. He said, and he heard me. We see David's peril. We see David's proclamation. We see David's prayer. And this is what I want you to get. Then we see David's peace. I've been stressed out lately for some reason. I'm talking about to the max. Uh, Acid reflux. Nausea. Nervousness, heart, heart, what do you call that? Blood pressure. The whole deal. Feeling overwhelmed. You ever get that way? You ever get that way? Paul said it, Paul said it too. He said, he said, we were pressed out of measure, even despairing of life. Paul said, it got so bad, I didn't think it was going to make it. Just overwhelmed. But David said, when I prayed, I laid me down and slept. I laid me down. I'm running for my life. 
At any moment, my life can be taken from me. They're hunting me down. The whole nation of Israel has turned their back on King David, and he just has a handful with him. The enemy could be at the doorstep at any moment, but he said, I went right to bed. I laid me down and slept. You know why? For the Lord sustained me. You know what he said as he was leaving? He told some folks, now go read it, it's great. He said, if the Lord wants me back, I'll be back. And if the Lord don't, I'm good with it. Whatever the Lord wants, that's what I want. When you put your trust in him, you can, go, you can lay down. And go right to sleep. He received a peace according to the word of God. That passeth all men's understanding. You see nobody can understand how you can go to a funeral home. And be at perfect peace. Nobody can understand how you can go to a doctor's office. And get bad news and be at perfect peace. Nobody can understand how you can have tragic news or things that just go upside down. This world's going crazy out there, and you can be at perfect peace. The Bible says he is kept in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. His peace. It passeth all understanding. I want to do this. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Now, I don't know who this is for, but I want you to understand that God can give you peace this morning. No matter what your circumstance is, no matter what your situation is, God can meet your need. What do you need from Him? As every head's bowed and every eye closed. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will speak to the hearts of those that are here. I'm not, I'm not sure, and I don't know who needs this today, but I am, I am fairly positive that you do. And God, I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. I pray, God, that you'll touch every heart. I pray whoever needs a prayer answered, you will speak to them today. Whoever needs to feel your touch, let them feel it today. Father, whoever needs some comfort, give it to them today. Whoever needs some help, Lord, you said you would be a refuge and a strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. God, be our refuge this morning. Be our strength this morning. God, we're going to take our eyes off the storm. We're going to take our eyes off our circumstances. We're going to take our eyes off our problems. We're We're going to take our eyes off of our surroundings. And we're going to focus on you this morning. We're going to give our problems to you. You said if we would cast our burden upon you, you would sustain us. You said to cast all of our care upon you because you care for us. Help us to do that this morning. It's so easy to carry our own burdens. It's so easy to worry. It's so easy to worry. It's so easy to to, to stress out over things. But Lord, help us to do the hard thing and give it up to you. Let you handle it. Help us to turn that over to you and give it to you. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll help us now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.
And let's all stand our feet. You sing something. If you need to come, if you need encouragement, if you need prayer, we've got people who will be glad to pray with you. You say, preacher, I'm just down. Come on. God knows your need. Don't, don't leave without getting what you need. He is our shield. He is our helper. He is the Lord God Almighty. Won't you come? God bless these needs. you he can meet your needs he can do for you what you can't do for yourself but you got to give him an opportunity whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved it's not in the prayer it's in the heart you got to believe with all of your heart won't you trust him sing on with us God bless him God bless him